special, I'm so special, so special, so special. That's why we shop for the fight fight special. You want to be the girl and you want to like better. But Grand evening, grand evening. What's good, people? Feel free to ping people into the room. We are back with Shaking the Room. And tonight we're talking all things male and female and can we communicate? And what is the beauty of us communicating? Every time I come on Clubhouse lately, it literally keeps telling me poor connection. I do not know why, but I pray you guys can hear me and we're not going to waste any time. So last week we had the amazing Mr. Leon Burke here and he was speaking all things. He was just sharing his journey and his truth, right? And he was saying, he gave us a male's perspective on relationships and, you know, what's worked for him, what didn't work for him, how he overcame his own challenges. And really, for me personally, it was a very insightful conversation because I sometimes think that as women, we don't often find men that express to that level. And also sometimes... I think that we think men think things that they do not or act in ways that are so inhuman to us that we live in being judgmental. And one principle that I've personally been practicing more and more and more and more and more lately is to be quick to love and understand and slow to judge. That is my intention for this month. It is to be quick to love and understand and slow to judge. Because often I find that it's easy to judge people, it's easy to judge their behaviors, it's easy to judge, you know, what they're doing, why they're doing, what you expect them to be. Um, but are we actually willing to understand? Are we actually willing to move to love? And a lot of the time that takes a conscious decision it also takes some level of healing and some level of understanding about who you are. Um, because when you recognize who you are, you can then easily recognize why things are showing up for you, what they could possibly mean and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's obviously why I'm a massive advocate for self-work, self-love and self-care, because I believe that no matter the question, like within ourselves, we can always find the answer there. The answers are always within and often we look for the answers without and I think that's what's been happening in relationships I think that sometimes we're looking for a partner a person a thing a thing you know but yeah a thing to fill a void and so we have so much expectations in other people in other um because we're not filling those voids ourselves. we're not taking the time to understand self so therefore seeing people as a bonus to self. We're going to them looking for the answer. So next week, we're actually opening the stage and we're gonna have a beautiful conversation with a woman. Um, we've got some men coming into the room, but guess what guys, it's, it's true to form. Men will be showing up late today to offer their opinion. The room time clashed with like three of the men that I had. However, we're still going to continue the conversation and they're going to join us when they can. And anybody else in the room is welcome to join in the conversation at any point. It's an open conversation. And one thing that I've really come to observe is 
I think that when we are who we really are in our divine energy, so as in divine feminine and divine masculine, relationships actually truly amazingly work. I think sometimes the problem is we're outside of that energy. So we are the controlling, you know, we're insecure, we're needy, we're manipulative, we're over-emotional, we have withdrawal symptoms, we're abusive, we're unstable, we're competitive. All of those things are outside of us being in alignment to our actual true energy in divinity. And I was in a room a couple of weeks ago and it was actually saying that it was men. Most of the room was men. There was a, quite a few females on the stage, but there was mainly men. And they were literally saying that they basically think it's some bullshit, all of this work that women are choosing to do on themselves because it's making women think and feel that they're superior. Um, in particularly, this was referencing the black man. So it was making them, it was saying that females think that the black man ain't shit because of all of this work that they're doing on their self in the name of empowerment, in the name of independence, in the name of femininity. And it was so crazy because women were in the room trying to break down divine feminine and femininity um, outside of women empowerment, which is completely different and are just like, two completely separate things and so I just want to pose a question to anybody in the room um how do you feel do you think that the world is trying to make women so independent that it's causing damage um do you think that women being empowered is necessary do you think that women stepping into empowerment is messing with the balance of the world and the balance of relationships what do we think people is anybody in the room willing to come up and offer their opinion, their view, their truth? Because um, I've got my take on it, but I would just like to know what anybody else thinks really, um, because that was what they were, this is what men were feeling challenged with. Oh, we got Miss Meg coming up. Good evening. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Tell us, what do you think? I used to get triggered by a lot um, and I think it was because I used to kind of view feminism in quite a negative way it was very much about you know yes it's all men's fault it's all you know rah 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 but the older I've gotten the more I've kind of stepped back and looked at it more from it's the system it is the patriarchy that doesn't serve either men or females if it served men, we wouldn't have such high suicide rates amongst men. You know, we need to be making sure that men have spaces where they can express their emotions healthily, where they can have conversations about, you know, what the patriarchy's done to them because men are much more than just, you know, walking ATM machines that are there to impregnate us and lift heavy things. You know, I, I love men. That's probably to my detriment sometimes. Um, but I think society has painted them as, you know, they're a particular, you know, they have to fit in this particular box and women have to fit in this opposite box. And it's all about finding that balance with a partner. It's it's about, you know, bringing your strengths and your weaknesses to the table and working together. And I think that this is something that society kind of, I think as a whole, we tend to, as a society, 
go to the extreme. So you've either got to be, you know, super strong, independent woman or super submissive, subservient woman. You can't kind of find a balance of both. And I found it really interesting with last week's conversation where Leon's wife was earning more than him. And yes, it took a little while to adjust to that. And it was a little bit challenging at times, but they worked together. They communicated and, you know, they found their balance together and that works for them, which is beautiful. I think when we go into these relationships or situations and, and we're very, kind of I suppose rigid in in our roles that that's where we kind of can become unstuck and where it becomes unhealthy I love that I love that Megan and I like what you said about the society and the influence because my thing is this I totally hear you when it comes to femininity as in or actually not even femininity actually that's the wrong word when it comes to um like women empowerment right if there's all of this women empowerment then what about our men but i feel that it's women stepping up to lead the women do you understand it's not men who are teaching us how to be more of a woman it's women saying do you know what you matter your voice matter your feelings matter um you're smart you should be paid the same as other people is that's the type of conversation right it's it's yeah. you saying you don't just belong in the home yes if you want to be a stay-at-home mother that's great but guess what if you want to go out into the world and earn a lot of money and be a woman that's great too so my point is how then is it society or women putting that out of balance if men are not choosing to do that for men I think it's because traditionally finances are a male thing. Men are meant to be that provider. And I think it's about redefining that providing can be something outside of financial support for men as well. Like they add value when they become our lighthouse, when they become our rock in the storm and they can, you know, pick up other things and you get that balance. So I think that it's a very hard thing when they're confronted with the fact that you know they've been taught these particular roles of you have to do this you have to you know earn the money get the woman make the babies and you're good that's all you have to do so when you get women coming along and going well hang on i I can earn money too i can you know now have a child without you know a, a man in the relationship or whatever else i think it's very unsettling and they're not being given spaces to kind of explore the redefining of their side of things either. Um, yeah, so I feel okay. like they're not, but again, this is where I find these conversations tricky because I think as women, we're willing to have this conversation. We're willing to see how dynamics have shifted, things have changed, opinions and views have moved. And in my personal experience, I feel like there's one in few men that are willing to have that conversation. And then when they do, where's their tribe? You know, where's the people that are getting to support them? I'll be honest with you guys, since last week, so many men have reached out to me. So many men. And when I'm like, okay, cool, let's go in the room and let's just talk your truth. They're like, I'm not at a place yet. I'm not there yet. And I'm like, oh my God, but that's why it's necessary. That's why it's important, because the only way that women have got to this, where there is such big sisterhoods and there's such support when you step out and say, look, 
I've been going through X, Y, Z and people are rallying behind you to support you is because one person done it, two people did it, three, do you see what I mean? So we, we created that level of confidence that meant that people could step up and step in. But if men keep saying, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna speak out yet. I think as well, when it comes to certain things, there's a much bigger stigma around men than there is women, you know? So we can have a range of choices and a range of like, women can be both masculine and feminine women and it'd be okay. You have a masculine, a, a feminine style man and it's a problem. 100%, it's an insult as opposed to going, you've got, you've got both within you. And I, and I think for a lot of men, they don't want to admit that because females have always been seen as the weaker sex. So for them to admit that they have anything feminine within them is that, you know, part of my language, they're a bitch, they're weak, they're this, that, the other. <laughs> and you just kind of like, we've got to change these conversations. And it's funny that you mentioned about not having these spaces, but I've started to notice more, um, more things popping up on Instagram. So yes, I there is brotherhood. There yeah. is. There actually is. I've I'm seen. It out to all the guys I know. I'm like, look, you've got these spaces. Join the conversation. Like, it's it's not about women joining the conversation. Like, this is for you guys to talk about it because you guys need to. I've seen men like brotherhood, and it's so cool. And I literally do the same thing. I encourage men to go there and get in the feel of community because I just think, for me personally, I learned so much more about myself when I was willing to sit at other people's feet. I, when I heard other people's stories and realized, oh shit, Sherlock, I'm not the only person that's been thinking like that, going through that, feeling through that. That's where I began to find so much of my power. And actually it completely changed my work. It completely, it, it changed my life. It changed the way that I was even gonna go into the world and be presented. It changed the way that I, that I was going to go into the world and do anything that I'd done because actually the conversation shifted and I recognized that do you know what we need more people speaking up we need more people supporting each other we need more real help because so many people are battling things by themselves and it's not okay and that was actually from listening to other women's stories definitely do you find I suppose I think my concern is that the spaces that have been created it tends to be the unhealthy traits of men that get discussed in those forums and it's the the unhappiness you know that whole misery loves company side of things mm. and so that's where I suppose we see those communities that have started to potentially cause problems like I think I can't remember whether it was in the UK um, or in the US there was a national rape day Wow. that was you know kind of um came off the back of I don't know whether it was a um a particular women's rights day or something else that followed that and there was you know chat about that sort of thing happening and it's just like where, where are the guys standing up and going no we, we're not that we're not there for that um and, and that's why I loved the conversation happening. with Leon last week because like you said, he was saying, listen, I earn my, not only does he earn less, but he was saying my wife earns double what I earn. That can make a lot of men very, very uncomfortable. And I don't always think it's because they're personally uncomfortable, but I think perspectively that can make them be perceived as less. And yeah. the fact that he said, 
but what the all the other qualities that I bring to the table are a whole plus like I know him personally as a father I know him as a coach I know him as a friend so I know what he does do you understand I know what he does for the community I know what he does for his family so I'm just like I see all of your strength and that's amazing it's amazing that you see your strength and I think that just like with what you're saying with certain of the conversation and actually why many women end up in my room is because they don't see their own power they do not see their own strength and in my opinion this world has a terrible way of reflecting who we are because actually it reflects our insecurities it reflects our doubts it affects all of that stuff that we're low in um and then we're kind of having to rebuild the picture of how we see ourselves and i think the minute that you start doing that anyways you attract a different energy you attract different people around you attract a different conversation and so i pray that it's the same for men and i also pray that the conversation keeps shifting in them owning their feelings i found one of the points that a lot of people got back to me on last week was when he said one know who you're speaking to and two we feel but we don't necessarily say and I think sometimes we're judging them because y'all don't feel <laughs> you guys do not feel you do not feel you're inhuman you're a robot when actually they feel but they don't say and that's different and that's where it kind of goes back to that whole patriarchy doesn't serve anyone you know it serves a very small amount of men um and the rest of us are kind of caught in the crossfire and that's where you know we've got these generation of men that we're expecting as females to to be able to communicate with right. us to be able to express their emotions but they've never been taught how they have no ro role models for this yes. and we're just standing there going hello i need to have a conversation with you about emotions and they're going i'm not equipped Yes. I've never been equipped for this. And so how do we get them up to speed? What are we doing to encourage them? And, and that's what I want to know from their point of view. What can we do to support our men? I love that. Well, some men are going to be entering the room. My daddy's just coming and I know more men are going to be coming. And I'm going to remember that question. What can we do to support you in communicating? That's powerful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much, Megan. Miss Bev. Oh, Dad's ready coming up. Oh, he's coming. Bev, you better get in before the men start speaking. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, just listening to what you guys were saying, it just reminded me of um, some of the work that I do at work and also thinking about men who are house husbands, men who stay at home and raise children and the way they're perceived by society as being, you know, underfoot, under the slipper, mm. you know, you know, seen as less of a man because they've taken on that role. And I think sometimes um, men are emasculated by, is that the right word, emasculated by women just by the way that they, you know, if, if for some women, I suppose, or women in society, the way they see that man, it's like you're, you know, you're not pulling the same way, so you're not wait, so you're not a real man. Mm. A real man would be bringing home the bacon. A real man would be, you know, doing X, Y, Z. And for me personally, I think I'm quite old-fashioned, and I'd be quite happy to be, as I said in in my room, I'd be quite happy to be led by a man who was showing, you know, that kind of um, foresight. In relationship, I'd be more than happy to, you know, not it's not to sit back, it's not to say I'd want to sit at, sit at home and just go and wash the dishes. I'd want to have, you know, my 
own life of my own money and be independent but still allowing him to be a man and and play his role while I still remain in my feminine energy and play mine and together I mean that may sound like a fairy tale but for me that would be like a you know a perfect scenario but but I don't think it does, though, because you know what? The thing is, that's where the conversation began, where I was talking about the divine feminine and the di divine masculine. And actually, that energy is in all of us. It's not feminine energy is just in women and masculine energy is just in men. No, it is. We have them together. It's almost like the yin and the yang that creates a whole being. The problem is we stand in more than one predominantly the majority of the time and so where we're out of that balance within ourselves we're out of that balance in relationships so for instance I can be quite a masculine woman I tend to spend a lot of time in my masculine energy which is where I'm like focused I'm logical I'm um, accountable I'm, I'm quite good at setting boundaries, I'm responsible, all of that stuff. But as I've got older, and actually maybe from a child, I've always been quite a balanced person because as much as I'm all those things, I'm very reflective, grounded, intuitive, you know, um, vulnerable. I don't like that word, but imagine I am that. I didn't like that word, I'm better at that word. I'm trusting, I'm empathetic. They're more feminine energy. So, Sometimes when I'm in my masculine energy, I'm the doer. I'm the right, you know what? This is what I want to do. I'm going to go out there and get it. You know what? That scares me right. I'm leaping into it. That's my logical masculine energy. And because I put that out, I tend to attract men that can be sometimes have this real feminine nature. As in, I know already when we have children, they're more the nurturer. I'm not that oh baby that that's not me so guess what if they want to stay at home and they're going to give the children all of that love in the world then do you know what Bev that's probably healthier for us in some relationships because guess what for me me being at home thinking that the world is passing me by and I'm not getting to the bag and I'm not creating and I will become resentful and negative is that the kind of energy that the child needs? Uh, I think not. And it's got nothing to do with the child. Do you understand? And so if, if, if my man is happy to be like, you know what, you go out into the world, you get the bag and I'll do that nurturing part. I'll do that caring part. Guess what? That's the balance. But there, there, there's also the other side. Because in my job, you know, I try to encourage men to, you know, um, when we used to have the antenatal classes, to encourage the men to come in and, you know, support, e support each other. But that's a big thing. And it's like I've seen that in that first period of time when a child is born, men, they, you can see they're, you know, possibly struggling the same way the woman is struggling with a newborn. But they are expected, as far as they are concerned, to be the man. You know, yeah. I've got this, I'm coping. And meanwhile, they're crumbling. You, do you know what I mean? But it's not, it's not so see, it's not a strong thing to be seen as needing or needy. And you know what changed my mind? I was in a room and um, a man was crying. And he was crying because he lost a baby. So his woman was expecting a child and the woman lost the child and the man was broken. He actually, he actually 
couldn't catch himself when he was speaking about it. and it was years ago he's had another child since but he said the pain of losing that child broke him as a man like he didn't feel worthy and do you know I have never ever 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 thought that losing a child would affect a man like that ever because to me you're not carrying that child so you don't have a connection with that child so what are you crying about kind of thing what, what do you mean it's just the same way that when women have abortions or choose to get rid of children how much that can affect a man and women stand in well it's my body it's my decision but ultimately both of you made that child unfortunately the, the scene of seeing a man show his emotion like that in my experience is is less so than those who actually do show because and then, and then what happens is it ends up as probably a mental health issue do you know what i mean because they're holding it all in but seeing a man break down like that is not something that in my experience i've seen very often but this is why but this is why it's amazing because it reminds me of the point that Leon said. And I just think when we're having these conversations as women, just like the question that Megan asked, how can we support them to communicate? Because not because they don't do it publicly or guess what? They might not even do it to us. You know, you might be that woman that a man is with that makes that decision or that loses the baby. And you might think, oh my God, you're distraught because it's your body, it's your baby. And you, your man might never say to you, this hurt me. He may never say that decision was bad. But I just wonder if as women, we consider how much these things affect the man and you know, how many times do we actually consider how it will affect them? Because I don't think we do a good job at it. A lot of the time, because women don't see men breaking down, it feel, it makes them feel like they're in the thing alone. Mm -hmm. Like the man doesn't care. Do you know what I mean? When in, in actual fact, his way of demonstrating that he's there for there for her is by not showing that emotion. Yeah. Because it's like if she if she sees him break down, then the woman's gonna think, well, the whole sky's gonna fall in now because if he's crying, it must be really bad. Do you know what I mean? And you know so, what? I've seen, I've spoken to a lot of men who feel that at birth right where they they've they've seen their woman in a state that they've never seen her before it could be the strongest woman they know and she's just lost all control she's in so much pain there's nothing they can do at all to help take away that pain they might be trying to kiss hug reassure her but it's not taking away the pain nothing's changing and they're breaking down i'm a prime example of this i was awful in my first labor oh absolutely awful um, and I didn't care who I made feel like shit in that minute because I felt like shit and I was just out of control. But what I'm saying is for a man, they are going through so many emotions at that time too. And a lot of the time they kick into, right, let me just, let me just make sure everything is okay. Let me just be strong. Let me just let her know because they can't have that. They can't have that break because both of you can't have that break because then right. But I think what then happens is that continues through the relationship. So you're then allowed to be like, oh, I don't know. The bills are too much. This is too much. This is too much. That's too much or whatever. And they're just there trying to be your support. So they are not breaking, but it doesn't mean that the responsibility isn't heavy. 
it doesn't mean that there's not they're not making a sacrifice do you understand and i just think like in alignment with that question that megan said how can we support them better are we even really honestly openly as women looking to support them better or are we judging them and i'll be the first one to call myself out and and more time i would be judging them i'm not actually looking to support them when i feel like i need support and i think that's a problem breaking down I want my partner to, to be my rock um, and I think what I've struggled with in past relationships is when I've then been feeling good and have the capacity to then support them because they don't have the capability to communicate and I'm like cool I get to be the rock now this is this is what relationships are it's, you know supporting each other through you know the, the troughs and peaks of, of life they're then not okay with leaning on me and potentially that is to do with my behavior it's not just about them you know maybe they've gone well you know shit she doesn't cope too well when things go bad if i lean on her and she then has something go go wrong what have we got we've got nothing everyone's falling apart so i think that they've got a, a really big challenge within themselves to kind of go who can they rely on because if they are seeing you know their, their partner being you know or seeing themselves as that rock within the relationship they they're going to be scared to lean on us because what happens if then something comes and takes takes me out at that time then they're they're falling on the ground they've opened up they've made themselves vulnerable and they're on the floor everyone's on the floor i love that and i love that i feel like that's the truth sometimes for a lot of us women in our relationship we're expecting we are added pressure that we're not willing to take responsibility for and I think that sometimes that's where we've got to check ourselves because it's one thing to expect something and it's another thing to give something and are we willing to give what we're expecting and sometimes I just don't think we are I really don't think we are as women Bev were you going to say something oh I thought you were going to say something when Megan was talking um so one thing as well that I picked up from last week's conversation, and I'm very excited for who we're having next week, guys, you're in for a treat because this couple has an unorthodox in you where in, in a sense relationship, but it's so beautiful. And um, one thing that the lady was saying to me is sometimes we think that relationships don't cost anything, you know? Um, as in there's no sacrifice and we also think that somebody might be a perfect person but is that person going to be a perfect parent and how the dynamics of when we go into parenthood from a relationship how that shifts a person and also how it shifts the relationship and I think for all of us another thing that I really picked up from Leon's conversation last week was relationships go through many seasons and we go through many seasons and sometimes we outgrow each other in the season but we're still fighting so hard for the relationship and other times we outgrow each other but we put no work into the relationship so how do we find the balance with knowing that we're going to grow and evolve as a person and that 
we all go through individual seasons and changes how do we sustain that as um relationships especially when we're with other people because ultimately right a woman goes through many cycles and we actually go through many moods within one month the masculine energy within itself it's like a 24-hour reset so their their turnaround is much quicker than a woman's naturally but because we don't necessarily understand that, because we don't have that communication, I've been with many men where they're like, okay, that, that that's not really that bad. Get up, get up, get up. When they don't recognize, I'm gonna be in my feelings for seven days, bro. I'm gonna be in my feelings for these seven days because I'm just naturally more sensitive at this moment in time when my body is in alignment with the moon, okay? That's not my excuse, that is the truth. <laughs> so, I just need a little more time, whereas they can kind of just go to sleep, wake up, boom, reset. And I think that when we're talking about the divine energy that's within us, the natural stuff that makes us up, how do we get better at understanding each other in terms of like science, in terms of um, that we're, we're spiritual beings, in terms of our energies coming together? Because I think a lot of the time, the, the problems that we're facing and the conversations that we're having, it's the physical stuff. It's the last thing. We're not really willing to get intimate with a person. And y'all know mum's crazy about words. And what I've all, what she always said to us, intimate means into me, see. And a lot of the time, we're not even willing to go to the depths of a person. When Leon was speaking last week, you could hear how much of the depth he was talking about his wife. And I think even in dating stages, even in the stage of you've been together years, I know people that have been together years, right? Are we actually willing to go to the depths of ourselves with that people? And the truth of the matter is many of us are finding that journey with depth by ourselves. We're finding it in our season when we are isolated, as in we're not in relationships and we're not choosing to engage in relationships because we're doing that self-work. But we've all been in relationships. So when we're in a relationship, naturally, a lot of us become guarded. We don't stay in the depths. We're not willing to be completely naked. Why is that? Anybody can come up to the stage and join into the conversation. These ladies have just been brave and bold, but anybody on the floor can come up. I'm asking that question to the room. Why are we not, we actually think that we want the depths of a person, but are you really willing to go into relationships and be naked and vulnerable and, and deeply connected? Are you willing to do that? Because that I believe will start to change the game. women we're raised on fairy tales we're raised on the story that prince charming is gonna come sweep us the buffy give us a kiss and everything's gonna be we're gonna live happily ever after that's that's life we're not told that actually it takes work it takes vulnerability it takes tears it takes patience it takes all of this work and so you know you get into these relationships and it's not like the the glossy magazines that you grow up with or the fairy tales that you get told and you actually realize crap i've got to do some work as well and you can't blame everything on your partner you have to take accountability and i don't think that sometimes as women in relationships where taught to take that accountability and responsibility i think um 
as a society in relationships where we're taught that it's usually that it's the man's fault you know the men don't do this or the men don't do that rah 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 um and you know women are taught to just roll their eyes and, and we just tolerate things rather than going well actually I don't like how that makes me feel and a I need to look at why it doesn't make me feel good and b is it my issue or is it their issue um I don't think we're taught that so whilst we might want that I don't think that necessarily, and I have to put my hand up in my pre- previous relationships, especially my younger ones, I don't think I was willing to, to make myself vulnerable. Do you know why that's incredible? Wow. Just hold you on two points. On the first point you said, that's very interesting because y'all know I got Caribbean parents, right? And my mum always quoted my grandmother and my grandmother said, a woman has a hole. <laughs> so with a hole, everything comes in. So you have to be responsible. You take everything in. You cannot just be out here dating people, sleeping with people, whatever, because you have a hole. Everything comes in. A man, (laughs) they just give, they just give, they just give, and they can just walk away. So I think I was taught the complete opposite to you, which is very interesting. So for me, my relationships have always been like, it's a hundred or nothing. I'm not testing waters. I'm not coming to give you a little bit of me. I'm going to give you all of me and I expect you to give me all of you. And I think for me, um, I, I, yeah, I don't feel that my, I was guarded or hurt or anything because of, you know, external stuff. I think that was out of choice for me because of my thinking of men as a whole. But it didn't come from lack of responsibility and it didn't come from me wanting them to be the provider. It came from me thinking, y'all ain't shit anyways. Y'all just ain't shit. Y'all ain't shit, you know? And so somewhere along the lines, I was going to meet a man that met that truth because that's what I believed, you know? But for me, women had to take responsibility. Women had to own their feelings because men were just not going to, which is weird. Because I get what you're saying, though, um, Meg- Megan, that a lot of people are not taught feelings, period. Like, it's just really not a conversation. And we definitely don't understand them. We have them, but yeah, that's it. Interesting. Um, But your point number two, where you said, what did you say? You wouldn't give people because of fear of rejection. That's what you said. Again, very interesting because I don't understand in people's heads, and anybody in the room can answer this as well. Um, Okay, I do understand, but I'm playing devil's advocate. Um, Why people think, let me guard myself and then I won't get hurt, but you've already taught rejection. You've already then set the tone for rejection yourself, have you not? 100%, it's, it's a complete walking contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> that was my life growing up, yay. But I think, I, I think that people don't hear that and they don't get that. Do you see what I mean? Um, because somewhere, apparently it makes sense. If I guard myself, I can't get hurt but actually you can't get anything. So there's gonna be rejection period. 
No, but it seems easier to keep the the bad stuff out rather than let the pretty, pretty little stuff in. Because wow. of the, you know, I guess they say the bad stuff's easier to believe. The bad stuff carries more weight. The bad stuff is what's going to make certain person jump off that 16-story building. The bad stuff, the, the good stuff ain't going to do that. Well, it might do, especially if you get it and then you lose it. But, you know, everybody, we, we'd all love to be vulnerable. Who wouldn't? You know, because the thing is, you know, as we were discussing in your room last week, people know pretty early on when they meet someone that that person is the one or right for them. But mm. they're like, mm, mm. either they don't trust themselves or they don't 100% trust that person with the responsibility of those, that, you know, us putting our feelings into their hands. What are they going to do with it? If I give them this knowledge, what are they going to do with that? Right. It's about trust, isn't it? And that's the crazy thing, because ultimately, by doing that, by you saying, not particularly you, but just in general, by you saying, you know what, I'm going to go into this situation, I'm going to go into this relationship, but I'm going to go in thinking I can't really trust them because actually they might hurt me or actually I can't give them my all because they might reject me. That straight away is your own lack of trust for yourself. Because you would never really and truly put yourself in a place that is going to hurt you. You're not going to walk into a room where you can fully see knives and daggers pointing out and walk, openly walk into that room. Why would you do that? So why do we do that in relationships? And one thing which I love and I want anybody to come for me and I would really love to hear anyone's opinion on this is I feel like I've always known this, but I feel like last week was pure confirmation women do not know what they want women do not know what they want and the reason why they've got such bad intent and crazy energy for men is because they're hoping that men will answer their want but they do not know what they want and the difference is men know what they want and we're dead ass mad that they know so they will treat us a certain way and we're hoping that they'll change but they know what they want we don't know what we want yeah, okay, I'm going to totally exclude myself from that, that statement. And I'm going to be stand with the men. <laughs> but generally, I feel women do not know what they want. Does anybody want to test me or challenge me? I agree with you, unfortunately. I hate to say that. Um, <laughs> I think... It's okay! <laughs> I think that we overcomplicate it as well. We go, oh, we've, Say got it louder. To, oh, we've got to put this condition on it on. Oh, they've got to do handstands and the sun has to be glistening at the right angle. And, you know, this needs to be right. The stars need to be in alignment and everything else. Otherwise, it's not right. And we want that fairy tale. But do we actually want that fairy tale or is that just what we've been fed to believe that we want? That's a big one for me growing up and, and looking at what relationships were meant to be. It wasn't, you know, necessarily, or I suppose what I remember growing up around was, a lot of people in, you know, your traditional relationships, but the man and the woman, neither party was happy. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I want the fairy tale then. But the fairy tale isn't real. So you kind of grow up not knowing 
what a real relationship looks like because as a child you're protected from a lot of the the conversations that go go on with with grown-ups you know which is you know potentially a good thing to do so you then just kind of going okay well it doesn't take any work and you know that nice in shiny armor is gonna you know sweep me off my feet and i just keep getting all these you know idiots wrapped in tinfoil what's wrong with me you've been watching um what's that wizard of oz is that what you've been watching Genuinely um, hate that movie. But I think, yeah, women overcomplicate it, and we're we're so in our heads um, because we're we're taught that emotions are good but bad, and we get all these conflicting messages. And I mean, you know me quite well, and you know that I like to overthink the most simplest of things. Um, so I think that, yeah, as women, we're unclear. We don't sit there, and we're not tough on ourselves to go cut the bullshit what is actually going to make you happy is it that man that's earning you know a million pounds that's got the big flashy house or is it a guy that's got you know a good stable job that treats you well that you know is down to earth that you know is going to be cool with seeing you in your slippers and your jammies and and whatever else that you know you're going to be able to snuggle up on a sunday morning is that what's actually important to you or the perception of what your relationship is to everyone else i love that and And i you're going to choose the guy do you see do you see this is what i feel about women i feel that that's what i was just coming to the stage today that's half the problem because we'd be like i want this i want that i want the other and then at the same time because okay self-confession i've got this problem i want a nice guy i want a guy that treats me right i want a guy that's amazing with my children i want a guy that takes me out on dates but i love a bad guy he's got to have a little bit of rough and you know and then you're like mm, do i get that all in one package because really and truthfully you, you you know we have extremes like we want two completely different sides of the coin I totally agree and what I agree with is I feel that just to refresh the room we are in the building today talking about the beauty of men and women communicating this is a conversation that is going to be ongoing and we're looking at different areas of relationships today we're talking about the divine feminine and divine masculine and are they in alignment what does it look like when they come together and do we even understand what that is and we're just chopping up and going into different aspects of it right now i have made a bold courageous punchy truthful statement that women do not know what they want and i believe that men know what they want and i think that women are looking for men to be that answer yet we're coming to the table with nothing oh with everything i said what i said we're coming to the prop to the table glutton (laughs) we are greedy let's call it what it is yeah, we're coming to the table and we want the full buffet. If y'all know me at a buffet, y'all know the whole problem, okay? Because you want the chicken, the duck, the this, the that. We want it all. That's the problem. I'm also going to throw in as well that at different times of the month, I want different things. There you go. See? My mind kind of lazy. And this is the seasonal stuff. So this is what I'm trying to say. If you don't understand yourself through all of those seasons, why on earth are we expecting men to understand us? I'm just so confused. 
Do you understand? Why on earth, if I'm not willing to sit with myself, it's taken me a long time, I'm going to be honest with you guys, to even recognize that, yo, um, I actually go through patterns and these patterns come pretty often now, right? I feel a certain type of way at different times throughout the month. My energy levels are different throughout different times in the month. You know, there's those months where I'm, those weeks where I'm get up and I'm all go. I've got so much energy, it's ridiculous. And then there's those weeks where I'm naturally more tired. I don't really want to do anything. I kind of want to snuggle more and chill and kick back. It's taken me a long time to know that about me. And this is the depth that I'm speaking to. Are we willing to learn ourselves on? So it's really interesting as well because it takes us a long time to get in tune with that in ourselves and even accept that. Right. I find that a lot of women aren't accepting of the fact that one minute I'm chalk, the next minute I'm cheese. Like, you know, I laugh about Tanya and her many personalities. I got a few. I think, <laughs> I think this is where she's got it down pat. Because she embraces fully every facet of her. You know, she can be bad and bougie. Like, it's very rare that she's classy and... <laughs> Excuse me, girl, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what I mean? Like, we find it hard to embrace the different versions of us. So how are we expecting a man to understand that and embrace that? And, you know, like, men are just very straight shooters. Give it to me how it is. That's what it is. End of story. So when we want to beat around the bushes and talk around the houses and, you know, it, it doesn't work. And also, I feel that because we reject ourselves so much, right, like our, our full selves, when they're trying to love the parts of us that are uncomfortable, we wow out. For some people, it could be literally trying every way to get out of that relationship. For other people, it might be the withdrawal symptoms. For other people, it might be, I'm not communicating because you're seeing straight through me, you know? I just wonder how much of our stuff we're actually willing to own up to so that we can actually have these honest, open, real relationships that we wanna have, you know? And I think that even for some of the women who are in here, and may already be in relationships. I know so many women that as soon as they start healing, the first thing that they wanna do is jump ship because that man don't understand me and I'm this and I'm a whole bag and he's not worthy. And I'm like, hold on a minute. This man has stood by you while you've been a hot mess. Now you're seeing yourself differently. I'm, do we not have patience? Do we not have respect? Because it's taking us time. And that is always going to shift in a relationship. The same way that you might be going through a great season, they might be going through a low season and vice versa. But this perfect, I, this perfect idea that we want to have, this perfect, oh, you know what, they need to tick and fill in all the boxes. Like, are you even perfect? Are you Maybe ticking and filling in all the boxes? I don't know if anybody else has, like me, been watching Too Hot to Handle. Well. <laughs> I really love it. And I really, really love it. And I really, really love it. I really love it. Listen, there's some people on there that have been giving me life, yeah? If anybody isn't watching it, you need to go watch it. Melinda and Marvin, oh my goodness. This and can I say, I don't recommend anybody watching Trash TV because I just feel like you're better than that. 
Um, but sometimes in that week, you know, that week that we've been talking about, that low week where you just don't want to do netting women, it's a good week to watch that program because they are running so hard from themselves that they do, they cover everything up with sex. Everything needs to be sexual so that they do not have to deal with feelings. And the minute that you're now seeing them catch feelings, they are out of control because they have not. Right. Now, what is just, what am I physically attracted to? What actually makes my brain tick? Like, the way, honestly, please, guys, just, just for my benefit, just go and watch it. So don't, don't, don't blame me when you get hooked. But just go and watch it with new eyes. Watch it with the eyes of understanding what we do when we're faced with our own feelings, when we're faced with handling our emotions. Because I have been... Lot. It's funny to see other people do it, but when you see yourself in it and you're like, wow, there is one girl on there and she is just, like the guy is saying to her, you need to be patient. You're not patient. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how much of us as women are running? Because again, we're on this time constraint. We're living our life in these boxes. By this, by this age, I've got to have this. By this time, I've got to do this. I want that. I want this. Oh, you know, my body clock's ticking. So how much of us are running ahead and not just taking that time to sit back and really embrace our experiences? And can I say on that point, what I found was beautiful about the conversation listening to that man last week is when you heard how often he was present. He was present to how he... See, it's, it's weird because perspectively, men don't communicate their feelings, Right. But he was able to walk us through and digest what his thoughts were in the present. Now, I want to tell you all again, like I said, I know him personally, so I know he wasn't just doing that for this platform. He actually comes to me quite a lot because he is a person that doesn't really think so when I say doesn't really think, he doesn't think from the emotional place. He thinks from a logical place. So I'm more of a person that feels things. I will feel if that's a good decision or that's not a good decision. I will feel if you're standing in your power or you're shrinking. I will feel if, you know what, that's the room you need to walk into or the door you need to close. So together, even in a friendship, we create that balance. Do you understand? And I think that, that's where you have to be comfortable in your relationships because let's not just talk intimate relationships, let's talk friendships, let's talk um, different types of relationships where we are running from this balance, we are running from this divine feminine and divine masculine coming together and having a conversation that creates the clarity. And it's not just about, I'm not just talking about openly communicating with your mouth. I'm talking about when our energies meet each other, are we able to create that balance that allows us to have a, a relationship from truth? Because I think that's super important. And especially the time and place that we're living in right now, so much is being communicated that is not being said so much is being communicated that is not being said. And I really feel like we've got to start opening our eyes. We've got to start opening our bodies. We've got to start opening our minds to be able to recognize other signs in relationships that are not just being communicated with our mouths, but we've got to be willing to be open and to be open, we've got to be vulnerable. 
Miss Tina, come to the stage, Mother. I see you're there. What do you have to say? Well, I wanted to share two things. So you, you stepped on the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And sometimes we have the word as masculine and feminine. So it's like masculine is like this and feminine is like that. So some of that's been coming in today and you guys have been speaking through that. And like Tanya said, maybe she's different to, to other people. The thing with divine and masculine energy is it is energy so energy and I, and I think sometimes we're not really perceiving life from the fact that we're energetic beings we're an energy field so we're carrying an energy and when women are saying yeah at different seasons different times I like different things that's fine because we can put water in a freezer it becomes ice we can warm it up and it's steam and what we do as humans and women is we attach a whole lot of feelings or emotion, energy in motion. So when energy is changing form or changing direction, that's all it is. But we make it mean this and we make it mean that. And everybody's meant to accept, understand that and accept that. That's the way that your energy in motion is moving. When actually it's just energy in motion. Sorry. <laughs> so it's like, oh, at this time in my seat, I feel like this. Okay, so you feel like being put in a freezer. Cool. You feel like being cold. You feel like being really hot and passionate. You feel like steam. It's all H2O, but in a different environment, in a different season, it changes its form. So when we're divine feminine and divine masculine, if we see it as energy as opposed to social media or personalities or that's how a man acts and that's how a woman acts is energy then we might start to understand ourselves a bit better and when i'm thinking about this my biggest teacher at the moment is my pussy cat right so she's basically going to be 11 months soon she's already a mother so you know um claudine and tana you heard when i saw the male cat trying to have sex with her and he's he's hitting her in her face and he's jumping on top and I bawled out with ah! my emotional arse because I'm looking at shit is that the way that the male cat treats the female cat damn I don't want to be no pussy I don't want to come back here with a pussy cat because it just looks like ah! but the way that she's adapted and transitioned through being a mother, the way that her nature, I was like emotional about it, emotional about her giving birth. Oh my God. But the way that nature can deal with it, like the way that her connection to herself, every time those babies need her, she knows how to feed. It's like, nobody's got to say, hold a nipple like this. Dude. Everything is just so natural to her because in her nature, in her divine feminine nature as a pussycat, it's the, it's the ability to understand that. But that's I why that's exactly true. after she gave birth and you was like, oh, she's so tired and this. And I was like, no, she's not. <laughs> I was like, no, she's not. Because she's been built to do that. And I think that's it there. It's the perception. So 
this is why I wanted to bring it to the table about the divinity of the feminine and masculine energy, because I love one of my favorite quotes is, could you imagine if we just saw people as spirits without bodies? Because we judge, even when I hear women, and this is why for me personally, I've never wrote down a list or a letter of the ideal man that I want, because I feel that the majority of the things that I would write on there would be materialistic. They would have how he looks like this. He, he earns that or we, you know, I, I didn't feel like when I wrote that list, it would have been coming from a place where it was like, we connect spiritually. We understand each other emotionally. We're able to communicate openly. I wouldn't have wrote things like that because I wasn't in a place like that within myself. Now, maybe if I wrote a list, it might look more like that, but I understand who I am. So I'm not gonna write a list because I just know I need to think and I create, I speak and things happen. So I don't need to write a list. However, writing things down is very powerful, but I, because I knew that I was too scared to write anything down because I knew I would have got what I wanted and then I would have been mad if it wasn't really what I wanted. And so that's when I came to recognize women don't know what they want. And I say all of that to say, when like mum said, if you think about it as energy, not as an actual person, not as any influence from society, from your judgments, from your pain, from your trauma, from your past, but just present your energy connecting with another person's energy that it feels so amazing, so flipping incredible that it means that you guys feel like you can run the world. That doesn't mean it's going to be amazing all of the time because I don't believe that it is right but when you actually start to feel when you think about what that connection would feel like are you willing to be that naked that raw that open with yourself to have that kind of connection and I just want to say you are not going to be able to have that kind of connection if you're willing to sit in lack of trust if you're willing to sit and being guarded if you're willing to sit in oh, you know, they need to think, be, have like that. What can it take us to get to that place of understanding on such a level that, do you know what? We're actually going to have to accept some things that we don't like. Do you wanna know why? Because that's gonna be the same things that's gonna grow us. We're actually going to have to sacrifice some things in the work or in the journey of us getting to where it is that we wanna be, because it's not a perfectly baked cake. I'm willing to bake with you. I'm willing to grow with you. Notice when Leon spoke about him and his wife, it was like, you know why he loved her? Because she was in a position that he wanted to be in, yet he still knew where he was, was valuable. A lot of us, I feel that sometimes we're wanting something that, we're not even willing to become. We're not even willing to become it, yet we want it. Does that make any sense? How honest are we when it comes to actually having intimate, deep, amazing, connecting, meaningful relationships with other people? Like seriously, how vulnerable and open and honest are we willing to be? with ourselves so that we can be that with other people. I'm asking the room.
Why has everybody gone quiet? And also, I think that it's necessary in these times because so much perfection is pumped in our faces and it's an illusion. You've just, I was thinking about doing a photo shoot for my birthday on Monday and I was cracking up because I already know how the pictures are going to look, but I know what the behind the scenes is. And I was just like, this is life right now. I feel that people are more worried, especially when it comes to relationships of the people are more focused on making it look pretty and be perfect as opposed to becoming pretty and having a beautiful relationship. Oh, are you coming to the stage, Father? Miss Bev, Megan, you're going quiet. What y'all saying? I'm being quiet. <laughs> Miss Bev. <laughs> you see what I mean? And this is what, this is where I think as women, we need to check ourselves because men know what they want and they fall in love with the woman that speaks to their soul. They do. And I'm sorry to tell y'all that. I'm sorry to tell you the truth, but that is the truth. The truth shall set you free. They are here for the woman that speaks to their soul and ultimately is going to help them grow. I think we also, as women, fall into that. We, we fall for potential. And so, again, you know, we get trapped in that. We don't know what we really know. We don't take the time to sit there and go what is it that we need from a relationship because you know we're taught that we just need a man that's going to pay our bills and you know give us children um and we don't necessarily think a little bit deeper than that whereas men seem to have this natural affinity to find that person that does connect with them and so we're busy looking to kind of play a role I think as well, we're looking to, to be that perfect little person and, and be all like, right, I've got to tick the boxes, I've got to look a certain way, I've got to project a certain image instead of going, this is who I am and I'm okay with that and I'm going to be okay with that and know and trust that the person that's meant to love me is also going to be okay with that. And you know what the crazy part is? You know how a lot of people talk about women's intuition, women's gut feeling, women's intuition doesn't lie. Let me tell y'all something real clear and real loud. A man can smell a rat a mile off. And they made this very clear to y'all last week. 
So even when we think about that projection of putting out the idea that we're a certain way that we're not, <laughs> they smell a rat, they smell it. And we over here trying to pretty it up with perfume and nice clothes and good, good hair, good, good hair, the 800 pound weed actually, they still smell it. They know that's all fake. They know that you're trying to be all of that as opposed to being who you are. And actually, that's where a lot of the cheating and that hurt. And it comes from us playing roles, playing parts, and we're not being who we are. And so while we're busy trying to settle or build with potential, they're out there getting busy. And then we've got the audacity to blame, imagine. And we weren't being our true selves the whole time. It's still on sale, and I mean, we're cashing in those chips. We absolutely are. I've got a coupon. Thank you, please. I've tried to get my dad up a couple times. I don't think he can accept. I've waited for these men to come in the room, but nobody has come in today. But I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And next week, we will be hearing from a, I want to say an unorthodox couple, but they're an amazing couple. But we're going to hear them, and we're going to hear their view. Oh, Daddy, you're there? Great. What did you what did you have to say? Um, very good show. I'm glad that you women are opening up to your wrongs now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that audacity. You see? There it is, Megan. We just flip and sold ourselves short. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really have glad to say, but all I'd like to say, it takes two to tango. And that is, um, as um, Tina said, if you... There's certain things when you're young that you just don't know, and you, no one can prepare you for them. Your parents can sit and then tell you about Tom, Dick, Mary, and Jane. What are you attracted to? What are you attracted to? We're losing you in and out. And one thing I want, a question Megan brought up was, how can we better support men to communicate? 
And what I do think you... okay. Sorry, I, I heard that bit. Go on. I don't think it's a case of you supporting men. I think it's a case of you both supporting each other. And in that, it has to be conversation. Without any... Going into anybody in this room and having a relationship, if you don't have a relationship that has conversation, it won't last. Because how's that person going to know how you feel? How are you going to know how they feel if you don't converse? Love that. The foundation of a relationship is is conversation and understanding. Because in in every relationship, there's got to be give and there's got to be take. There's got to be yin and there's got to be yang. You know? And it doesn't mean that I pull more one way and and you pull more the other way because all you're doing is pulling it apart. You both got to pull as much or sometimes a man might have to pull and the woman might have to pull in certain direction more than what the man does. Because, again, it, you know, if we want that man that takes us out, he's going to take me and do this, and he's going to take me out and do that once I see in the film, then the only kind of man you're going to end up with is someone who's doing drugs or in the fucking, excuse my French, or on a... Um, <laughs> Uh, being paid a lot of money to do something and not necessarily when you're young you're going to get a young person being paid a lot of money to go out and do these things yes people get a lot of credit cards that's where people get death, debt and all of those things and that's what happens sometimes they try to overlive um, what they're doing and be elaborate with it and then it falls down hits them in, the, in their face so you know it's, it's a catch too and as I said you're attracted to what you're attracted to when you're out there and you see something that attracts you or something that speaks to you a certain way, something that, whatever, and he might be Mr. Badman, but you're attracted. I love that. And also, in terms of communication, because one thing that I picked up from all the men I've been speaking to over the last few weeks is they're not just picking up our communication from what we say. They actually are super body readers. Body language readers, men read it very quickly. So even if they spot that girl in the club and they read, yep, her legs are going to split tonight, they don't need to have a conversation to understand that. And this is what I'm talking about in terms of the energy, right? So um, you guys have been in long-term relationships. I know there's a lot of women in the audience who have been in long-term relationships or are married. And my question to you guys is, is the communication more than conversation? Because I think that we're communicating so much by our body language, by our actions, by our behaviors. And sometimes women just want a conversation and they don't recognize that they've been banging the cupboards for weeks and slamming the front door for weeks and rolling over with a bag of clothes on at night, communicating, I do not want you. I don't want you to touch me. I don't want you to even speak to me. But at the same breath, with their mouths, they're saying, I want to have a conversation. You say that again? <laughs> Maybe I'm giving you too much women tips, but I personally know that's what women do. I know I've got the best teacher. I actually believe that you have grown as a man since having great women. Yeah, I've explored all avenues, you know, in my life. And as a man growing up and understanding things, there's a lot of things that women do. And sometimes you don't even, you don't even know the rhythm, the rhyme, why. And... You just sometimes you gotta let it go above your head. Sometimes you'll deal with it. 
it's about, you know, as I said, it's about giving and taking. Because sometimes you think, oh, God, it's that time of the month, so she's going to be on her little um, hikey-kikey. But not everybody <laughs> like Exactly. Some you women know, are, are not up and down. Yeah, it's right. But then, believe me, if they're not then, then they will be some, at some point. Can I just ask, has having um, women, children, because we are women now, um, women, children, or even when we were girls, did that change your perception or understanding of a woman? Because for me personally, having sons made me have more heart for men. I didn't, nah, well, nah, didn't really care. Men are dickheads, literally. That was my whole mindset. Yeah, to be honest, as you lot got older, it made me change. Because there were certain things, and I had to change. Because I wasn't going to keep on going down that road and ending up with an argument over crap because I was seen here or I was doing this or blah, blah, blah. It comes to a point, you, you know, when you were, when you were, um, what's the, how does the saying go? When you were a child, you do childish things. As you get a man, you have to start to do man things. That's the way it goes. You know, it don't matter. Men, men might understand women maybe a little bit more than what they might think they are, but then we tend to grow up a little bit later than women. Where women have... Um, where, as your granny would say, a man can always pull up his trousers. Yep. Yeah, you know, so, under, you know, many a man has and many a man will. That's just something I don't understand. I don't know why. Because if you're if you're prepared to go in there and do what you got to do, then remember there's always consequences. And sometimes you have to live with them and deal with them. So would it be um, fair to say that um, maybe having children shifted your awareness in terms of your responsibility as a man? Yes, in in the sense of my girls are getting older. They're not little girls where you can get away with things. They're getting older. They've got their opinions. They're going to have their opinions. How I want my kids to look at me is not how I would have acted for years. So you have to change. You have to be prepared to change, and situations make you change. You know, you might not be with Miss Perfect, or you might not be with the person that you want to be, and you're just playing the field, and you're trying this, and you're trying that, and all of a sudden something comes along, and you think, well, that's the girl for me. I want that girl. But then you're still playing the field, and then all of a sudden something happens, and then you have to think, well, boy, right, I'm either going left or I'm going right. Oh, I'm going to go straight ahead. And you've got, you've got choices to make, and you have to make your choices. And some, you know, you have to make your choices. Or you're just going to carry on down that field of everybody, I want everybody to want me, but I'm only going to give them 10% of me. You know, you've got, there comes a point where you've got to give your 100 and your 150s, and you've got to go into it, and you've got to deal with it properly. Because that's the only way of growing and expanding. Don't mean that you can grow and expand with X, X Y, and Z. You can grow and expand with A. I love it. I love it. He's petitioning out. The women are coming up. Miss Sandra, welcome to the stage. Grand evening. What do you have to say, Queen? Um, wow. What you said about us not knowing what um, we want has totally smacked me across the head, which is why I've been really quiet because it's like <laughs> you the nail on the head for me as it goes to me. I always thought I knew what I wanted, but you could be right. Know, that men know more than we, we really think. And as, and as I'm raising a son, Claudius, what is the best way to be raising a son who doesn't have a, to be the man that we want him to be? 
I've, I've been conscious of that a lot, maybe as he's turned 17. Sorry, say that again. You want out? What's the best way of raising the son to be? Yeah. What was that bit? I didn't hear you. Sorry. I said, what's the best way? What what advice would you give to raise it? You know, as a mum, as a woman who's raising a son who doesn't have a dad in the house, but does have fantastic, great male role models. You know, I think he's going up well. He is uh, speaking to his emotions, and that's what we were talking about. You know. We've got to be patient with men, um, that we, we're too impatient with them. What's the best advice or what is the best way to, to be raising to make sure he gets to that stage? And okay. does, he, does he have contact with his father? No, his father dies. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, I have my, I have, he has, my sister's, you know, brother-in-law and he has uncles. Yeah, he does have male role models in his life who I put in there who I think can each give him something. But now as he's turning 17 and he's out more and he wants to stay out more and he wants to do more things, the mum in me is trying to hold him back. Oh, no, I shouldn't be. That's, again, society dictates us the way we think now because it's not yeah. a case of before when we were growing up. Um, we could go down the road, mum would go down the road. Exactly. You wouldn't get you wouldn't have to worry about certain things. You, you send your son down the road, exactly. you don't know what's, you know, I've got uh, younger sons, uh, 19 and 18, and I've got grandchildren coming up, and I frighten for them to go down the road now. I frighten for them. I know, he's frightened for me. You know, he's saying, yeah. I don't understand, um, but I'm trying to say, you don't understand, because I'm thinking from a mum's point of view, when you're out there, it is dark, you're on the road alone. He just believes, you know, well, nothing's going to happen to me if I won't let it. Yeah. I mean, I can't stop the worry because that's something that we're always going to worry, no. no matter where we go and whatever else. But we've just got to be mindful that our kids are, is their company, that they're keeping good company, and that their right. company is, you know, they're going to be looking for each other. You know, well, you know because they, they, they have to be looking for each other in, yeah. you know, they might be going out drinking. As you get older, they might have a few drinks. They've got to be looking for each other, aware of the situation, aware of where what their, their situation, where they're around, aware of certain people. Because it all, always comes from the people that you do not expect it to come from. Right. I love that. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Um, and yes, I would say it is it's challenging somewhat raising sons in the times that we're living in. Yeah. But one thing that I'm very conscious of is we have to well, keep on. That they are frightened and they are scared to be out there because there's going to be that time when we're not about. What do they do? How do they react? You know what I mean? And it's just being mindful of you, just telling your kids and looking at their friends. You know, one of the greatest experiences when you're growing up is that we got to be you got to look at yourself and think of yourself in that situation and what, you know what I mean? Some of us, you know, it's not a situation where we're just getting up and banging, running and doing whatever other people, they're going to stand in it. And no no disrespect, that's going to happen to them in any situation, you know, whether Sunday get caught in um, a little argument or something like that. And it's the thing I worry about now is that when we were growing up as kids, there were certain people you'd watch for, right? And you'd know who they were. So you wouldn't have to worry about it, you know? A fist fight or something like that. People don't yeah. worry about it. Now it's a different ball game. It's a totally no, different ball game. It's you know, a lot of people now their kids are walking around with knives and all kind of stuff, and they, they, they these these kids don't value life the way 
that life should be valued. They devalue life by the way they go on. And it's hard for me to give an but also, can I say something, Dad? I One thing I will say, though, is I always believe that everything happens for a reason. Do you understand? So if the young people are having this certain level of what we call, I don't know, like it doesn't seem like they value life, right? It doesn't seem like they have certain principles that we have. I really want to start to encourage the conversation to be that, do you know what? It's actually a bit necessary. It's actually necessary for where they're going because we're living in a different time and a lot of the stuff that's happening, in my personal opinion, it's because we've been manipulated and controlled for so long and there needs to be a level of rebellion to break down some of the things that are happening. We don't necessarily understand it as it's shifting because it looks like a lot of us killing our own. It looks like a lot of innocent people getting killed and all of the other stuff. But at the same time, nothing doesn't happen. Um, nothing, everything happens for a reason, right? But it doesn't mean that we cannot be doing the right things which you guys are doing, you know, putting things in place to protect them and um, make sure they're surrounded by the right things. We're talking to their mindsets and stuff like that. But if we worry, we are going to cause things to happen because the laws of the universe are the laws. So whatever we focus on, we attract. Do you understand? So I get it. I'm not, I try not to worry about my sons, but I'm not going to lie. If when it gets dark outside, I don't see them come home. My heart isn't like, oh Jesus, I hope they make it back, you know, because it's wild out there. Right. But we have to keep more energy on where we want it to be as opposed to what's not working. Um, I'm conscious that Dawn came to the stage, so I just want her to ask her question. I know you went back down, but please come back and ask your question, because I know the conversation moves quickly. I do trust what I've put into him, because I know what I've put into him and I see it. And I was just taking the opportunity to ask, because we've got a man on. You know, yeah, I love that. And to ask, you know, where usually I wouldn't be able to ask someone that's outside of the family what they think. Yes. But, you know, I, I do believe that, um, like you say, I, I extend the curfew because I, I trust he always comes home. He comes home on time. He's got a very good group of friends who's had since he was five, so I know them. I know the parents. So I know what I put in there. But as you say, it's the world out there, you know, and I can't keep him wrapped up. You can do all the world out there. Like it's just me who has to, like you say, when it comes to dark, that's when I start to think I'm not in yet. But we've got this. And you know what? I think as well, we have to start remembering we are the world. So the more that we have conversations, the more that we create the community stuff, the more that we have impacts and influences, the more that change is going to come. Thank you, Miss Dawn. Hello. 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 Do you know what? I need to start writing it down because I actually forgot the point that I was going to make whilst you lot were chatting but um it was kind of to go back to something that claudius had said about communication um and conversation and as someone who's been in a relationship for decades <laughs> um, and since i was 17 it's kind of I've, I've gone through different phases with him um and yeah throughout all of them it is down to communication it really is key uh, and once you've got that then 
yeah, I think you can succeed. Don't get me wrong, it hasn't been plain sailing all the way through, um, and we've had our moments. But again, that came down to having a, a serious conversation. Um, and yeah, that was it, basically. We and love was, to hear it. Was a specific point that I had to make, but I can't remember what it was now. Can I just ask, though, has it yeah. always been easy to communicate with your other half? Do you know what? I'd say, yeah, 85% of the time. Because from an early age, I had my mind set on the type of guy that I, I wanted to go out with um, due to the role models that I had in my life or didn't have in my life. Um, so when we started to go out and then kind of knew it was getting serious, like, you know, a few months in or whatever else, I just... We have that conversation that I, I don't take no cheating shit. So if that's what you're gonna do, and I find out, then we're done. Um, and just laid everything out straight from the get go. And yeah. Do you know why I love it? Because, like I said, obviously I made a bold statement that women don't know what they want. But I love that you knew what you wanted, so you was able to stick to the marker of that, right? you had your boundaries your parameters your this is what we're working towards or this isn't what and i think that's the difference do you see what i mean i think that's like maybe you don't know because you ain't had to be out here in the savage world for a minute um but it's savage out here <laughs> and um and it's interesting to hear you know the the partner's point of view because yeah you, you know i know her husband and um he's he's a good old cancer like me and us cancers, we know what we want and we're gonna get what we want. So it's very interesting to hear how you create that balance in your wants and his wants. And again, is that the communication or is that now that you're just accomplished at knowing each other? Has it always been that way? Um, again, for the most part it has, but then going back again to something that Claudius said about there comes a point in men's lives when they realize, do you know what, I need to fix up, or this is the woman that I want, this is the way that I want to go, so I need to sort myself out. We had that that journey um, like a decade into our relationship, and we actually separated for a while, and it, it was that exact example of what Claudius had said, that happened in our relationship it was kind of like okay i had the conversation you know we had two kids they were young there was things that you know i wanted to do i wasn't driving at the time and i wanted to do this and do that and i was on the family mindset but he was on the i'm still living my life as a single slash got a partner mindset um, and it wasn't working for me, so I just said, okay, no, <laughs> sorry, but you need to be thinking about us as a family and not just for yourself. I love that. Um, so you took action, you owned it, you were like, no, 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 this is not, you didn't I settle. You, from the start, I, I laid it out how it was going to be. I, I'm not, I wasn't following in my mum's footsteps or in my sister-in-law's footsteps and all the rest of that shit. I weren't having it, sorry. I've seen how it was, I've seen what it did to them, and I'm not stressing myself out. I've got two kids, I don't need any more stresses, yeah, so, mm. yeah. 
And when you had kids, how did that affect the relationship? Did you notice a shift, like, in the relationship? Um, you know, over the last couple of days in this room, we've been talking so much different things, from being bitter to better, from um, relationships with our fathers and stuff like that. And I think that, for me personally, when I had my first son, <laughs> my children's father was like, if it ain't your son and it ain't dance, you don't love it. <laughs> So I sensed a lot of um, jealousy, you know, but as a mum, I felt like you don't have to have me. Do you understand? But this child needs me. So I didn't feel that my energy shifted, but maybe it did. Do you see what I mean? He definitely felt that it did. For you as a woman, going from being in a relationship with just each other to having kids, do you feel like that? had any or a good or bad impact on then how your relationship was because now you've got two independents? Um, no, I think it had, it, it had a good impact after the fact that he realised we were having a girl because that was a big bloody thing <laughs> because he wanted a boy. But, um, As they do. Yeah, <laughs> like that means anything. Sorry to the men out there, but it really does. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it was, it, no, it was good. It, it, okay, how do I put this? Yes, it did change him for the better. He did calm down a lot, but not enough, <laughs> to be honest. And actually, it was a bloody fight for the affection because Isis was a daddy's girl from day one and he bloody doted over her. And she used to bawl if... I came anywhere near him. So, um, yeah, I don't know. They, they bonded quite quickly. So in that sense, no, nah, it was, yeah, there was none of the, no jealousy or feeling any kind of way. It was, yeah, it, it was a good bond. Love so, that. And one more yeah. question, because I'm aware of time and we wrapping that, but just because we got you up here. Um, so those who don't know, she's a married woman now. She's been in a relationship, like she said, for decades with the same person. And one thing I wanted to say is what made you guys actually, because I know so many people that just have been together years, but they don't get married. Why was it important or was it important for you guys to get married? Great answer. I never wanted to get married. That's why we've only been married for four years. Um, and the reason why that changed was after I got ill. And... I think that's the highlight. That, that's that's what I wanted to pick up from what Claudius had said um, earlier on. Or it might have been you, I don't know. But about men seeing you for what you are and, you know, just the, the true, unfiltered, unhighlighted you. And when you're going through the shit that I went through, you there, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> yeah, You are just at your absolute worst. Um and they actually see you at your worst. Thankfully for him, I've never been one to kind of type myself up and wear makeup and all the rest of that shit. So it wasn't a big issue. But um, yeah, they see you at your utmost worst. And it is so true when it comes to those vows about in sickness and in health, richer or poorer, because that's when you are tested in sickness and in health and when you are bruck pocketed or not. Um, <laughs> and we have thankfully 
seen our way through. But um, for the marriage thing, it like I said, I saw what marriage did for my mum and my sister-in-laws and that, and I was just like, no, thank you, that's not for me. And we were good. Um, um, another thing as well, live your life the way that works for you. Don't follow what they say in the rule book. If, if that's the way you want to go, then cool. But don't think that you have to tick these imaginary boxes of, you know, getting together, getting engaged, getting married, buying a house, having the kids. It doesn't always work like that. Go with your own flow. And that's what we did. We were good for 25 years. Then I got sick and I just thought, you know what, it would be nice to just cement this. We've been together for so long, I kind of know who you are, who I'm with, where we're at, so let's do it. And I only plan on doing this shit once, so yeah. I love that because I think, well, for me personally, (laughs) I feel like if I, but I guess it's because you didn't want to get married because I might do the reverse. Like if a man just wants to marry me after I'm sick and that, I'm feeling like, no, hell no, no. I ain't marrying your ass, no, no. Cause you should have married me in the beginning. But I guess that's because marriage is valuable to me. So I probably would have seen it in the opposite way, but I absolutely love that um, side of the fence that you and dad have brought to the stage. And sometimes it, maybe it's men see you lower um later you know in life and that's where things happen um for them they move a bit slower like dad said women funny when a woman knows what she wants she really knows what she wants and when a woman don't know what she wants she just don't know what she wants um any final thoughts from anybody on the stage or anybody in the audience any questions anything that we gotta say before we get out of here say that happened to me guys that did happen to me in my longest relationship that I was in for 10 something years and if I'm honest I came to a place where I was numb and I think women come to that place a lot and I think it's when we've been ignoring a lot of things along the way and it doesn't necessarily mean that those things were bad it's just that we were just there we were just there. We were just observing. We were just living or we were just doing that thing, maybe what Dawn said not to do, creating a 
relationship because apparently that's what we're supposed to have or working towards a marriage because we've got kids or do you know what I mean um I had very very strong views and one of my views was I'm only going to be with one man that is the man that I have children with that is the man that I get married to I am not being with no other men so I had time and energy for my first relationship because that was supposed to be the only relationship I was ever in so I lost a lot of myself within it. I I absolutely lost so much of myself within it because I forgot who I was. I was concentrating on having my wants and stuff. Um, but at the same time, it meant that I got what I wanted in, in a sense because I knew what I wanted, but yeah, I just became numb. And then when you have children, I think, Sometimes you focus on just being a mum, you know? So there's many different things that happen um, where, yeah, you can become numb. You're no longer so, awake to who you are. So I hope cherish my little pussy cat who's in tune with her nature, doesn't become numb because she's just going in and out and feeding at the moment and life looks so mundane to her and she just keeps on looking out of the window. So for any woman that feels a bit like they lost that connection to who they are, you didn't fail. You know, if that if that marriage failed, if that relationship failed, if maybe your expectation failed. That's what I would say. And that's, that's me speaking for myself, coming out of a failed marriage, coming out of a not having the career that I thought I would, not having anything that, as Dawn said, the things that people say define you as being a successful woman or a successful marriage or successful is just suck 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 it is not really a thing but sometimes that's what guides us like yeah i gotta be successful at this it's bullshit i love that and success is your own your own picture anyway so whatever you want to deem as successful i think there comes a point in all of our lives where we have to evaluate what that is you know um what success looked to me looked like to me at 18 is completely different to what it looked to me looked like to me sorry at 30 and it's completely different to what it looks like now at becoming 34 it's completely different and it's because I've evolved and I've changed and like I said um, before success was very materialistic now there's so much more depth and levels to it and actually it's not something I'm aspiring to be it's something I am I'm already successful. So it's different. You've got to be willing to challenge your views and your opinions. I keep saying this, but I love that. Challenge your idea of success as a whole and what that looks like. Anyone else in the room got to say anything? Ooh, nobody. We are quiet. Remember, you're all on mute if you're trying to speak. Okay, cool. So I just wanted to say thank you all so much for being here. I wanted to offer some feels as to what balanced masculine and feminine energy can create. So um, a good, like when you're in the healthy side of your masculine energy or approach, it looks like clear cut strategy, looks like consistency, structure, focus, momentum, and you hit those goals and you achieve things. 
healthy aspects of your feminine energy is when you check in with your feelings and your moods, you focus on the present and you are able to connect, you reflect, you prioritize based on impact and you have fun and you go with the flow. And when you're able to balance them both within yourself and also within all the relationships that you have, it creates balance, it creates ease, it creates productivity, it actually creates success, it creates clear focus and a space for life. So I pray that we all allow ourselves to dance between our masculine and feminine energies, not just within ourselves, but outside of ourselves. And we become better at observing when those things are out of alignment, when those things are not working in balance for us. And you know what that looks like. That's when you know we're feeling insecure, needy, codependent, manipulative, inauthentic, over-emotional, victimized, controlling, aggressive, withdrawal, numb, avoiding, over-competitive, abusive, and unstable. So even though we were talking about like the cycle that a woman may go through, I think also that as a woman, we need to recognize when although yes, we naturally go through different cycles and seasons, sometimes within those seasons, we are very unstable. And that is us not being in the healthy side of our divine feminine or masculine energy. So I pray that you guys can take these tips and use them to identify within yourself and within other people when maybe nothing is actually wrong apart from us being a little bit or sometimes a lot out of balance. So I pray that we learn to be in more balance and I look forward for this conversation continuing. Thank y'all so much for being here. I will be back in the morning at a new time of 7.15 a.m., not 7.30, 7.15 a.m. And tomorrow it is the 1st of July. So it's a new month. We're going to be talking about setting goals, setting intentions and the power of accountability. So I'll see y'all in the morning. Thank you so much for being here. Have an amazing evening. And I pray that y'all have had a, enjoyed this conversation.